Hi, I want to welcome you to day four of our look through Galatians chapter four. We're walking through these arguments for growth and these principles of growth that Paul has in Galatians three and four. We're going to sum them up tomorrow. Today, I'd like to begin with argument number seven, his last argument, which is his allegorical argument. It's the argument from Isaac and Ishmael. He begins in verse 21 to talk about this when he says, listen to me, you who want to live under the law. Do you know what the law really says? This is going to be Paul's gotcha argument. He says, you want to be under the law? Then listen to the law. And in this argument, he's going to say, you are so concerned about who your father is. You want, you want Abraham to be your father. You want Moses to be your father. And because of that, you, you think you need to follow the law. Paul in this argument is going to twist everything around and he's going to say, the important thing really is who your mother is. Not your father, but who your spiritual mother is. And he uses allegory. This, this is the way, by the way, that many Jews interpreted the Old Testament in this day. And this is the way that the Judaizers who were teaching the people the, the Old Testament were probably interpreting the scriptures. And he uses their very method against them. And he does not necessarily recommend this method to most of us. I'd say that when I try to make allegorical arguments from the Old Testament, I'm almost always wrong. Paul was inspired by the Holy Spirit here. So he's right in this case. Most allegorical arguments from the Old Testament that I've seen are wrong. They're just human ways of thinking, of getting to where we want to be. But this is an inspired argument by God's Spirit. And Paul uses this allegory to emphasize one truth. Several applications grow out of that truth. The truth we're going to see is you're free. You are free in Christ. Now, with that in mind, let me read for you the allegory. Verses 22 to 27. He begins it by saying, The scriptures say that Abraham had two sons, one from his slave wife and one from his freeborn wife. The son of the slave wife was born in a human attempt to bring about the fulfillment of God's promise. But the son of the freeborn wife was born as God's own fulfillment of his promise. Now, these two women serve as an illustration of God's two covenants, Hagar, the slave wife, represents Mount Sinai, where people first became enslaved to the law. And now Jerusalem is just like Mount Sinai in Arabia, because she and her children live in slavery. But Sarah, the free woman, represents the heavenly Jerusalem, and she is our mother. This is what Isaiah meant when he prophesied, Rejoice, O childless woman, break forth into loud and joyful song, even though you've never given birth to a child. For the woman who could bear no children now has more than all other women. Wow, this is quite an argument that Paul has given here. Instead of focusing on who your father is, focus on who your mother is. Now, let's just walk through this. Abraham was the father of both Isaac and Ishmael. But Sarah, Isaac's mother, represents promise, whereas Hagar, who you remember, was a handmaiden, was a servant of Sarah, and Abraham and Sarah came up with this plan. Well, let's, let's have a baby through Hagar. Uh, Abraham, you're going to go have a baby through Hagar, and that's, we're going to call that baby our son. That'll be the child of promise. And it wasn't. God had a different plan in mind. Uh, later than they ever thought a child could be born, Isaac comes into their life. So Hagar, Ishmael's mother, represents human effort, their way of doing things. Sarah, Isaac's mother, represents promise, God's way of doing things. Paul goes even deeper here. He says, Hagar represents Mount Sinai, where you remember the law was given. And he says, also present-day Jerusalem, where the law is followed. He's talking about his present-day Jerusalem, where the Pharisees and the scribes and the lawyers and the lawgivers all followed the law as the only way to get to God. They were depending on the law. So he says, Mount Sinai, Jerusalem, it's the same thing now. But Sarah, Sarah represents the heavenly Jerusalem. 
which can only be reached by the promise of grace. What's Paul saying here? He's saying that trying to be saved by the law is being a child of Hagar. Now, what do you think the Judaizers thought about that? (laughs) Not much. He was really hitting at the heart of their argument. And recognizing, he says, that we're saved by promise is being a child of Sarah. That's the meaning of this quote from Isaiah, by the way, the joy of being Sarah. This woman who could bear no children now has more than all other women. These children that are being born of this woman are the children of promise. And that's you, and that's me. I'm a child of Abraham by faith, but I'm also a child of Sarah in one sense because I am a child of promise. That's what Paul focuses on in these verses. In fact, let me, let me share with you what he says in verses 28 to 31. And you, dear brothers and sisters, are children of promise, just like Isaac. And we who are born of the Holy Spirit are persecuted by those who want us to keep the law, just as Isaac, the child of promise, was persecuted by Ishmael, the son of the slave wife. What do the scriptures say about that? Get rid of the slave and her son, for the son of the slave woman will not share the family inheritance with the free woman's son. It's a quote from the Old Testament. Then verse 31. So, dear brothers and sisters, we are not children of the slave woman obligated to the law. We are children of the free woman acceptable to God because of our faith. Paul here takes centuries of thinking and he just turns it all upside down. He not only upsets the apple cart, he tears it apart and builds it into a soapbox racer. He just makes it into something entirely different. Now, I want you to understand, he is not talking nationally here. He's not talking about Arab states and Jewish states. You don't apply this nationally today to what's going on in the Middle East. He's talking spiritually. You apply this personally today to what's going on in my heart and your heart and the heart of every person that you meet. He's talking about what are your spiritual roots And he's saying the spiritual roots of Abraham and Sarah are not law. They are promise. And because we're children of promise, because we're children of promise, Paul says there are three things that you and I experience in our lives. One of the things that we experience is persecution. Children of promise experience persecution. Now, why should that be? Why should you be persecuted just for wanting to follow the grace of God, for being a child of promise? Because there are people who want to do it their way. And if you're living a different way, you've got to be persecuted. You've got to be put down. You've got to be silenced. And that's what was happening to the Galatians. They were being persecuted just for living a life of grace because there were people in the community who wanted to live by law. And people living a life of grace, they are a slap in the face to people who wanted to do it their way, to live by law and get to God by their own effort. And so because of that, they could not live in the same household. Same as with Isaac and Ishmael. They couldn't live in the same household because one was man's plan and one was God's plan. And they tried to make it work, but it couldn't work. And Paul is saying, it's not going to work for you either. As long as someone's trying to follow the law, their way of getting to God, they're going to persecute you because they don't want to hear the the story of grace. One of the applications of this allegory is persecution. Another application is the application of inheritance. We, because we are children of God, As we talked about yesterday so much, we are heirs of God. We do not share this inheritance. It's not like everybody gets the inheritance of God. No, it's the inheritance that comes through promise. God's inheritance does not come through my work, through your work. It comes through God's promise. That's the only way it will ever come. I can't earn his inheritance. I can't get any right to his inheritance on my own. It comes through his promise. And so I enjoy his inheritance. I live out his inheritance. Paul's very clear about that. And then the third application he gives to this life that has come because of this allegory 
is the application of it's the application of living a life of obligation versus living a life of acceptance. Did you see what he said in verses 30 and 31? He talks about, in verse 31 particularly, we're not children of the slave woman obligated to the law. You're children of the free woman acceptable to God because of your faith. Two different ways of living. You can live a life of obligation or you can live a life of acceptance. Someone on our research team asked about these verses How do we continually maintain doing what is right for the love of God without fear or guilt? And the answer is right here. You choose. I choose every day. Am I going to live a life of obligation or a life of acceptance? Am I going to live a life where I feel obligated to do the things that God has called me to do? Or am I going to live a life where I know that I'm accepted by God? And out of that acceptance, out of that love, I do the things that God has called me to do. A life of acceptance is a life of freedom. It's a life where you live out God's gift and God's promise. And Paul, in essence, is asking here, why would anybody ever want to give up on this life of gift or this life of promise? And really, there are two reasons. You see it in the life of the Galatians. Why would I, why would I go back to the law? There are two reasons. One is no one likes being persecuted. And when I'm persecuted for living a life of faith and someone says, hey, why don't you live this way? You'll be more acceptable to me if you live this life of obligation. Sometimes we go that way because we don't like being persecuted. But then we live under the burden of the law, a greater burden. That's one reason people go back to the law. A second reason people go back to the law is, let's be honest, law can sometimes be more comfortable than promise. Slavery can sometimes be more comfortable than freedom. I'm talking about spiritual slavery, being enslaved to my own pride. And it's, it's the picture of, would I rather be in a jail cell where it's safe or out on a hang glider where it's very dangerous? I've never been before and I fear for my life. Some people would choose the jail cell because it feels safe there. And the law confines our relationship with God to a, to a me-sized set of rules. And that feels very comfortable for some people. The promise opens up my relationship with God for Him to do whatever He directs. But if I'm going to grow... If I'm going to grow in Christ, I've got to realize the seventh principle of growth. The seventh principle of growth is what Galatians chapter 5 is going to be all about. It is the principle that growth occurs in the right climate, the climate of freedom. Growth cannot be confined to a set of rules. Rules do not produce growth. Relationship with God, freedom in that relationship, that's what produces growth. Let's talk to him together. Lord, there's so much in these verses. Help them to sink into our hearts in the weeks and months and years to come. That it's not about me, it's about you. It's not about rules, it's about relationship. It's not about slavery to what I want to do, it's about freedom to what you want to do. It's not about a life of obligation. It's about a life of acceptance, accepted by you, loved by you. And then I live out the things that you've given me to do. It's not about my works, it's about me being a workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do what you call me to do. Jesus, today, help me to live that life, not the life of obligation, the life of acceptance. I ask this in your name. Amen. And I invite you to join us tomorrow. We're going to look back at this amazing study of growth in these chapters that we've had the last couple of weeks. 